Good morning. morning. Good to see you here. Good to see you in Platinum if you're there or if you're watching online. Don't we live in an exciting city? Isn't this an awesome place to be? Man, I love it. And I know that many more people around the world are learning of how great it is to live in the UAE and to live in Dubai. Have you noticed? Have you noticed the increase in traffic? Have you noticed the longer queues at the metro? It's a little harder to find a taxi. (laughs) And the malls are just a little more crowded, but not quite as crowded as the 11 o'clock service in here. (laughs) There are so many people that are new to Dubai. In fact, a lot of times people from their home countries look at life in Dubai and go, wow, that would be great. What advice would you give someone who's new? And if you're new here, welcome to fellowship. We want to be your home away from home. And if you're new to Dubai, here's some advice from expats. What are some advice that you would give a first-time expat? What would you tell a first-time expat? It's not as different as other places, and there's always problems. That's right, yeah. Just like everybody else. There's everywhere else, there's problems. That's right. What else? Well, what was that? I heard two at the same time. Explore Dubai, don't be the problem. Explore Dubai. Yes, there's always more to explore. What else? <laughs> that, that was good. That was good. I, I'll, I'll couple that with something I heard in the last uh, service, which was, it's going to be longer than two years. <laughs> it's not some place where you just come make some quick cash and leave, right? That's good. I heard something over here. It's so expensive. 19 years living here. Wow. Oh, I, I didn't even prompt anyone to say that. They said, seek a healthy church that loves the gospel like Fellowship Dubai. Amen. Amen. It's so beautiful because we actually see life as an expat can be a lot harder than you think it is when you're in your home country. When you're in your home country thinking about life abroad, it doesn't matter what city you live in. Life as an expat can be really challenging sometimes, can't it? We're going to see today in the Bible, we're going to see a group of expats in a global city 2,000 years ago, and we're going to see God reversed their realities. Maybe these are some of the expat realities you face too. The the first reality we're going to see is that the transient diaspora, which means the scattered group of people, the scattered group of people remain displaced. They remain without a place. Do you ever feel like you don't have a place? How about this question? Where are you from? (laughs) What what, what do you mean, where am I from? Where's my family? Where's home? Wait, where is home? I don't know. You ever feel like that? Yeah. The scattered people remain displaced. God's going to reverse that. The transient skepticism stays. We heard someone lived in Dubai for 19 years. Raise your hand if you've lived or type in the chat if you're watching online. If you have lived in Dubai or the UAE for more than 10 years, right? More than 10 years. Ooh, awesome. You are some of the most skeptical 
or realistic people that we know. But after you see that friend come and that friend go and the other friend come, the other friend go, you start to get a little skeptical or realistic. <laughs> so we're going to see that God actually addresses that skepticism when he's at work in an international city. The last uh, reality we're going to talk about is that global nomads wander alone. Even though you're packed in here or you're packed in platinum or, or you're online and you were surrounded by people in the metro, whatever it is, have you ever felt like people are pressing in and you're surrounded by people and yet totally alone? Have you ever felt lonely? We're going to talk about loneliness and seeking a community and how God reverses that reality. We're gonna see that when God is on the move in an international city, when God is on the move, that these three realities are actually reversed and that there is hope. You see, 2,000 years ago, there were a group of people who were meeting in their home country. And when they were meeting in their home country, there was a, a certain religious standard, a religious belief in their home country that, that they were running deviant from. They had heard about this guy named Jesus. They were believing in Jesus. Uh, and so because of religious persecution that has, was ratcheted up after a particular guy named Stephen in their home country was martyred. He was killed because of what he believed in Jesus. They found, because of the persecution, they went on a search. This mass group of people went on a search for a place where they could meet, a place that would tolerate all different kinds of religions, all different kinds of worship, a place that would uh, be their new home. And they found a city, a city that was designed to be the city of the future. 2,000 years ago, there was a city designed, and they got the best urban planners at the time. They got the best urban planners, and they planned a city out in a new way with streets that ran this way and streets that ran this way in a grid. It was one of the first cities of the area, and they said, we're going to design this city for growth. It's going to be a commercial hub. It's also going to be a power hub, a political power hub. We intentionally designed this place for people from all over to come to. You know what the city's name was? Antioch. Antioch in the Bible. It was the third largest city of the time. And sure, people could be in Rome or they could be in Alexandria, but those were boring. Those places were old. Oh, but there's nothing like when someone asks you, oh, where are you from? And you say, oh, I'm from Dubai. I'm from Antioch. And they go, wow, you're from Dubai. I mean, Antioch? <laughs> You're from Antioch? Whoa, there are things happening in Antioch. And there was a lot. It was this melting pot of people and, and beliefs and ways of thinking. And it became this educational and political powerhouse. It was home to migrants who were escaping persecutions of all sorts in surrounding countries. It also was designed intentionally for commerce and travel hub. It launched intentional workers throughout the Bible. And even this guy named Paul, who wrote a lot of uh, the New Testament, Paul uh, started in Antioch. In fact, if you want to learn more about Paul and you want to be encouraged uh, about this guy named Paul and you want to understand the Bible more, here's a shameless plug for an Equip for Life class we have called uh, A Life on Fire, Paul. So if you're looking for uh, a little encouragement to see how God used one person uh, in the Bible and also how he can use you, sign up for the Equip class. 
Because we see when God is on the move, the scattered diaspora, God gathers the scattered. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced, even though you're scattered from your home country, that God gathers you here together? Let's read in in Acts chapter 11. And we're going to see in chapter 11, we're going to jump into this story. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking word to no one except the Jews. Which, by the way, that, that's natural for diaspora, the scattered people, to clump together when they get into a new place. So the Jews were scattered, and then they clumped together in Antioch, and they only were talking about Jesus among themselves. And that, that, that happens. Have you noticed that in living here in an international city? You come and you want to have some sort of gathering. You want to go out to the desert for a braai. And you, you invite people that know how to braai or can appreciate the beauty that is the braai. <laughs> or maybe you gather some people together and you want to go uh, and you say, oh, well, let's, cu- let's eat some lechon together. And you go, oh. only people can appreciate the taste of good lechon you invite into the community, right? Or you say, guess what? I found, finally found some good yamachoma here. Let's eat some yamachoma together. You're gonna to invite people to appreciate it, right? And so the same, the same thing was happening in Antioch. The Jews got together, they were just talking amongst themselves. And then there were some, some folks that said, wait a second here. It's not just about us. Let's share Jesus with others. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the outsiders, the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. If Jesus is good news in this context, Jesus is good news for everybody, they figure. And so they started talking about Jesus to everybody. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. (laughs) Those that were scattered even outside of uh, their home country found that God gathered them together around the person of Jesus. Have you experienced that while you've been here? Have you experienced a a family away from family? Is there anybody here from Colombia? Anybody here from Colombia? Ah, wonderful. Family from Colombia. How long does it take you to get home to family? Not less than 24 hours. That's flying, not walking, right? <laughs> not less than 24 hours, all right? And, and when you're separated from family back home, home can feel a really long ways away. Have you felt that? Whether it's 24 hours or four hours, being an expat, you can feel very scattered. When your heart is breaking, when you could just use a hug, when, when you face hardships or have to... Uh, have certain interactions or something goes wrong. Sometimes as great as Zoom is, you just need family nearby. I know for me, it takes 15 hours to get back to my biological family. And I've, I've found a great friend uh, from Colombia. And, and my great friend from Colombia has proved to be family away from family. In fact, uh, Javier is right here. He's the one that raised his hand from Colombia. Good to see you, Javier. <laughs> this is what Javier says about fellowship. Here's a quote. He says, church is like that family member who gives a hug and then comforts and makes all worries and problems become smaller. Javier, God has used you in my life 
to remind me of his provision and faithfulness. Thank you, brother. And I know it's God at work. Have you guys experienced that? Have you experienced a family away from family? Hey, if you haven't, you're missing out because it's awesome. Fellowship is the family that you can choose. It's awesome. It's awesome because God gathers the scattered. If you feel scattered and you're wandering or wondering, just know that God gathers the scattered. And maybe you've been a global nomad for a while. Maybe you've been a world wanderer and you say, yeah, right. I don't know about that. I've seen people come and go. I'm only here for a season. Maybe that transient skepticism has taken root in your heart. Well, good news, because that, that's the second reality that God reverses. Transient skepticism doesn't stay. No, God turns skepticism into encouragement. God turns skepticism into encouragement through Jesus. The, uh, the Jerusalem church heard about what was going on in Antioch. And they said, uh, the report of this came to the ears of them in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. They sent Barnabas to Antioch because they saw what was going on in Antioch, and they said, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there's a, a great movement of God in Antioch. <laughs> no way. No, no, no. That can't, that can't be. Barnabas, come here. Come here. You seem to be a nice guy. Go be nice. Let him down easy, but just shut it down, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's our good news. That, that's our Jesus. No, just go. So Barnabas goes. He goes in there and he walks around and maybe it's like your first time at fellowship. Barnabas looks around and, and as he starts talking with people whose lives have been transformed by Jesus, goes, oh, wait a second. Well, this, this is awesome. God really is on the move. Have you experienced that? God really is on the move. Have you realized that God has gathered you into a family and has God transformed your heart from a skeptic to an encouraged believer? Have you seen God at move while you've been living abroad? God is on the move. Not just then, but now. Look at what happens with Barnabas. It says uh, that he, when Barnabas came and saw all this, he saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. When God is on the move, it's exciting. When God is on the move, the icy shroud of skepticism is melted away and we get to see the exciting and vibrant work of our creator. Do you find yourself skeptical? Do you find yourself discouraged? Just look around and see God at work and you will be encouraged. Jesus himself, says of his followers. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Do we have any fishermen here? Anybody like to fish? Raise your hand if you like to fish. That's all right. Well, I, I'm with everyone whose hand is down. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, I, saw, I saw Pastor Tim, he raised his hand. In fact, after the first service, uh, he sent me this picture on my phone uh, to share with me how good fishing is. <laughs> My experience of fishing, 
I don't like fishing because my experience of fishing is like, And that's on a good day. That's on a good, a good day. I, I just haven't seen a lot of excitement in fishing. And, and sometimes, maybe that's what your experience of God at work has been. Just a whole lot of waiting. But I have to tell you, here in this region and in this day, God is on the move. I have a, a video of some fishermen, and even I like this kind of fishing. Let's check this out and listen to their voices as they're excited about the fishing. you heard, but somebody said, we got to turn this around. <laughs> like, let's do it again. Man, I love even that kind of fishing. <laughs> so if you think, if you think God at work is boring, you haven't been looking around here <laughs> because God is on the move. The fish are literally jumping into the boat <laughs> and fellowship 11 o'clock. You're just one of the many boats. Actually, Fellowship Church is just one of the many boats. There are a lot of many healthy, wonderful churches in our city that God is using. And, and so as we talk about God on the move, it's not just in fellowship. God is on the move in his people all around the city, in all sorts of different boats and, and different sizes. And there's a line from the movie Jaws that I love. It's, we're going to need a bigger boat. And we do. We see God at work and we get so excited. And if you, if you need some excitement, turn to someone next to you and say, yeah, my experience of God at work is more like this. Because I tell you what, the fish are flying. God is stirring in hearts. And just think about it. A group of people, a group of people who come, who are scattered, who feel disconnected, a group of people that are wondering and wandering that get to hear the good news of Jesus. A group that searches for a better life, the hears of eternal life. 
God is bringing people from all over the world into key cities like Dubai. I love what it says about Barnabas's <laughs> response. And a great many people were added to the Lord. We're gonna need a bigger boat. We're gonna need as many boats as we possibly can. That's the second reality, turning skepticism into encouragement. We see in the, the third reality that global nomads don't wander alone, but instead God brings us into his community. So there's Barnabas and Barnabas sees what God is doing. And it says that, that Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, the very guy that martyred Stephen, the guy that caused this great mass exodus of expats into Antioch. That guy's life had been radically transformed by Jesus. Instead of going against followers of Jesus, he was telling everybody he could about Jesus. They saw this radical transformation in his life. His transformation had been so big that his name was changed from Saul to Paul. And so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Who doesn't want to be a part of fish jumping in the boat? <laughs> for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. They were there together for a year teaching together. Now, a year in your home country, how long is a year in your home country? A year, yeah. But here in Dubai, how long is a year? Done, right? It goes fast. I was eating dim sum with my son the other day and we were talking to our server and we said, hello, where are you from? And how long have you been in Dubai? And, and she said, oh, I, I've, been in, I've been here for a while. It's been really good. Oh, really, really? Uh, how long have you been here? And she's like, oh, well, um, I've really liked Dubai. I've been here uh, for a long time. I really feel like it's gonna become home. And I thought, she's still not answering the question. <laughs> and she said, oh, uh, you know, I, I, at least I got through the summer. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's good. I said, how long have you been here? And she said, oh, five months. <laughs> and I thought back, wait a second, March, February, January, December, November. We'll pray for you. <laughs> after your first summer, it just goes summer after summer after summer after summer. It, time here goes very quickly. Time goes here really quickly. So what are you going to do in the brief moment that you're here in Dubai? Are you trying to make a name for yourself? Or do you simply want to join what God is already doing and making his name great? You see, the people that got together didn't call themselves Christians. No, they called themselves brothers or sisters or followers of the way. They had many other terms, but it was actually everybody on the outside that would see the transformation and the answer for that transformation was always Christ, right? The, the, the Messiah, Christ, 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 Christ. And they would always talk about Christ, 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 Christ. And everything that they did, it was Christ, 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 Christ. It was Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so everyone looked at them and said, wow, you guys are talking about Christ all the time. You're, you're, you're the people of Christ. <laughs> you're, you're, little, you're little Christ, you're little Christ. Your people's people of Christ, Christians. There wasn't even a name attached to this early group, none other than Jesus. 
And so we join God at work. This is not about fellowship's name. This is about the name of Jesus. There are so many great, healthy communities of Jesus out there. If this is your first time to fellowship and, and you don't sense God on the move, I encourage you, find another place where you sense God on the move because there's a lot of really great places here in this area. Because all we simply want to see is God at work and we want to lift up the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it, because only Jesus can reverse these migrant realities. Only Jesus can gather the scattered. Only Jesus turns skepticism into encouragement. Only Jesus gives a community and identity in him, the family away from family. And in the city of Antioch, they used the roads to go everywhere. Well, guess what? We don't need roads anymore. Flight paths are the new Roman roads. <laughs> Flight paths, think about everywhere that you can fly to from here and everywhere that can fly into here from everywhere, taking the good news of Jesus to everywhere. God has you in this unique city for this moment. You live in one of the, an international hub. So what is God, God going to do in and through us as the fish are jumping in the boat? As we see God reversing the realities of expat life in Jesus' name, there's no longer a scattered group of people because they've been gathered in. There's no longer a, a skepticism because there's been encouragement in Jesus and what he's about. And global nomads finally have a tribe, the tribe of Jesus. So what are we going to do? How are we going to be faithful to the opportunity? You know, fellowship has always looked to be faithful to the opportunity along with any other uh, church in the area. A group of people met in a house. They wanted to be faithful to the opportunity. And so they started uh, meeting in, uh, in a school. And then they started meeting at the Arjan Hotel. Maybe you were a part of that in the Arjan. From what I hear, the Arjan Hotel, uh, the original group walked in and it was a hotel much smaller than this ballroom. And they looked and said, oh, wow, I don't know if we can afford this. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever fill this. And then pretty soon people were meeting in supply closets, just trying to look out and see uh, the stage. And, and so then fellowship outgrew that. And the group said, hey, uh, we don't know if we can afford it, but let's move to the Two Seasons Hotel. And they came into the ballroom you're in right now and looked around and just thought, oh, wow, this is, this is way too big and way too expensive. You remember that? Yeah. And, and looking at it going, oh, there's, <laughs> wow, this is really big. But... Jesus turns skepticism into encouragement. And, amen. And then the service filled up and there needed to be two services. And I was like, oh, two services? Should we really do two services? I don't know. Well, let's be faithful to the opportunity. Two services, three services, four services now at two seasons. And in 2016, uh, there were a group of people we realized were traveling all long distance just to come to two seasons. And so then we started at Jamera, at Jamera Creekside Hotel. And we thought, there's no way we can afford this. No way. This is going to stretch our staff. It's going to stretch. Oh, how are we going to remain one church in two locations? And last week, I gave the same talk at Creekside Hotel. And I asked people at Creekside, I said, if you call Creekside your home church, stand up. All right? If you call Creekside your, your home church. And, and the majority of people stood up 
as this is my home church. Now, if we hadn't stepped out and been faithful to the opportunity at two seasons, all the people standing in this picture would be spiritually homeless. But God has used us as we're faithful to the opportunity to provide hope and healing to those who are brokenhearted. And as we look at what God is doing, we know that there are more expats living now abroad than ever before. In fact, there's a profile now, the World Health Organization has developed a profile of expats. And and maybe some of these resonate with you. They say that expats have increased feelings of anxiety and hopelessness. Does Jesus address that? You bet. What about difficulty sleeping or fatigue or irritability? Does Jesus address that? Yeah. Increased depression and post-traumatic stress disorder? Jesus addresses that. Elevated risk of suicide. In higher incidences of psychosis among migrant populations, God brings to us expats, migrants. It takes one to know one. I know how desperately I need Jesus as someone that is away from my home country. I've found family away from family. I've found a home uh, away from home. I have found true peace and everlasting life in Jesus, not in the next assignment or the next country to live in. The search is over for this global nomad because of Jesus. So do you believe that Dubai is one of the new international hubs like Antioch was back then? Do you believe that God is mightily at work? In Dubai, there are over 3.5 million residents in Dubai. The city is growing at 2.75% population growth. The the UAE, the best I can tell, the UAE is growing at about uh, 0.8%, which is a healthy rate of growth. Dubai is growing uh, at a larger number, almost 3%. 8% of the population is Emirati, which means 92% of the residents are migrants. If you've lived anywhere else, that number should be (laughs) mind-boggling. Now, what is 92% of 3.5 million? That's right, a lot. (laughs) How many churches do we need? A lot, that's right, that's right. As we look forward to what God will do in the UAE, we pray that he continues to bless the UAE. And our rulers are excellent here. The rulers here have a mindset for growth. They have a mindset for growth. In fact, the, the Dubai Urban Plan 2040 is getting a lot of very positive press. With the rulers here uh, looking at a 20-minute city where you can get anything you need by walking 20 minutes in the city. The, the, it'll actually be a city of cities. And the Urban Plan 2040 uh, is really looking at five cities within the city. Have you, have you heard about the Plan 2040? Five cities, all right? Now, these are some of the, the five cities. There's Bur Dubai, there's Downtown Business Bay, uh, and then there's the Dubai Marina, there's Expo 2020, and Silicon Oasis. Now, here are two seasons. We reach sectors three and four. We have a lot of people coming from sectors three and four there, all right? And Creekside, section one, uh, as uh, Dara and by the airport and, and even into uh, Sharjah that come across. But there are people that we are missing. There's people that were missing in two really populated, populated areas, Business Bay and Silicon Oasis. 
And so as we talk about our third site launching in September, where we are targeting those locations, because we, as a church body, we know that people all around the world need to hear the good news of Jesus. And God could bring them here to hear the good news. Amen? And so as we're talking about this third location, this is not uh, for fellowship's name. This is not a plan that we have. This is something that we prayerfully lay before God saying, God, we want to be faithful to the opportunity. If this is your vision, God, we know that you will provide everything needed. Because I would love to look back a year from now and say, hey, look at everybody now in Silicon Oasis or Business Bay. Look at everybody now that can call this place home because they found a spiritual home in Christ. So in order to do that, we are praying about resources. And I encourage you to let's pray on this together. The first one is a pastor, a site pastor. Uh, we, have, uh, we have community pastors in each one of, we have here in, uh, in um, the Creekside Hotel. In fact, where's Tim? Tim, why don't you come up? Tim is the community pastor here at Two Seasons, and we love Tim. We love you, brother. Yeah. We love you so much. Uh, brother, and I know Tim likes all sorts of, he, he likes weddings and uh, child dedications and baptisms, and you're, you're in the lives of, of everybody here. Uh, what do you like best about being a community pastor? Well, I'd like to give an illustration, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. um, I remember one of my kids coming home one day, and um, this is years ago, and uh, they said, uh, Daddy, Daddy, I learned something at church. They said, here is the church. And here is the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. <laughs> Have you ever heard that before, some of you? And I was like, no, 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 no. I said, here is the building. Here is the steeple. Open the door and see the church. Mm. The church is people. Mm. And what I love and what fellowship loves the most is people. Mm. We love to see people have relationships with each other and have relationships with God, and that's why we exist. Mm. Now, I do mm. have to Amen. say, hold on a second. <laughs> we need a building, right? It's pretty hot here. We like our <laughs> air condition, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. The church is people, but we need a building. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love that man. Maybe he can convert me to fishing. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> So we need to pray about a pastor. We, we think we have someone in mind. We wanted someone from the global majority, some, somebody that connects with cultures that we're, we're reaching in those uh, regions. Uh, and we, we think we have someone. Please pray that things continue to go smoothly and we look forward to who God will provide uh, in the future. And in addition to a pastor, you heard Tim say it. Thanks for the transition, by the way. Uh, we also are praying about a place. <laughs> We need a place. We have several great ideas. We're in conversations, uh, but we want this place to be the best place God wants us. So would you pray for a place? As you know, things are more expensive now, and part of the, the costs of meeting is renting out hotels. And so we know that God is going to provide a place for us, not just a building to meet in, but pray for the people around that place, that God would draw them to wherever that third place is. All right, so a pastor, pray for a place. Uh, the third thing to pray for is the people. 
That God would bring the people on board, the people that need to hear about Jesus, but also people that already know Jesus. Imagine with me if there are hundreds of people already in the community in September when someone comes for the very first time and comes to this new place of of Fellowship Business Bay or Fellowship Silicon Oasis, and, and all of a sudden they see a community that welcomes them in as the hands and feet of Jesus. So we, we need many, many folks. This is something we have to do together as God pulls us together. So pray for the people that God would bring. Pray that maybe the people that God brings, that you're an answer to the own prayer that you're praying. In fact, it would be great if we could have 300 people at that very first launch in September that are willing to serve and say, I'm, I'm in this to serve because I want people to know about Jesus. So pray for the pastor, pray for the site, pray for the 300 people, and also uh, pray that God would financially provide. Uh, this uh, Renting another hotel is just like renting this hotel. Uh, our, our budget is about $3.5 million is what we're asking God uh, to provide for us so that we can continue to serve our community. Now, $3.5 million is a lot. Okay, it's a lot to me. <laughs> if $3.5 million isn't a lot to you, talk to us, all right? <laughs> Because for some of us, 3.5 dirhams is a lot. <laughs> 35 dirhams is a lot. But, but whatever it is, I was thinking 35 dirhams. Wow, uh, 35 dirhams uh, gets a coffee. Sometimes coffee is expensive. <laughs> but is, is coffee more valuable? Or, or can I say no to the coffee and join God on this great tidal wave of what he's doing? I think I get a lot more satisfaction. As much as I love coffee, I get a lot more satisfaction for what God is doing. Whatever it is, we trust God to provide for our needs. And we look at that 3.5 million on top of our budget for all the other locations and we go, wow, God, that just, that seems impossible. But one thing we've seen is when God is on the move, nothing is impossible. And so we trust that God is transforming our lives and transforming our hearts so that we all can do this together. In fact, I want to encourage you, take a uh, picture of this or a screenshot if you're watching online. Take a picture of this and pray about these four things with us. Uh, right now, we haven't finalized the place. We haven't finalized the pastor. We, we know the budget and we need people to serve. Uh, but right now, the action you can take, you can uh, support through prayer. You can support as we do this together to provide another spiritual home for some global nomads wandering and wondering. We look forward to what God is going to do. I'm grateful to God for what he has already done. And I look forward and ask for him to do it again. We do this not because uh, we want to start and grow as an organization, not at all. We simply, it takes one to know one. We've been wandering global nomads and we have found our family. We have found our home. We have found exactly what we're looking for in the person of Jesus. And that's whose name we want to make great. Whether it's a fellowship or any other church, we know that we have one Lord, we have one faith. 
we come together around one message of good news, the message of Jesus. I look forward to what God is gonna do in and through us as we're faithful to the opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you take those of us who are displaced and you gather us together. Those of us who are skeptical, you encourage us. Father, those who wander alone, that you connect us. Help us now to see that you are bringing so many more to this wonderful city. We thank you for the government and allowing us to meet, whereas in our home countries, we, we might not be able to meet. We thank you for the wisdom that you've given our rulers and pray you would continue to give wisdom to our rulers here. And we look forward to the city of cities within Dubai. God, we, our heart is burdened for those that haven't heard about you, those that long to be gathered, encouraged, and connected. And we pray, above all things, we come with any sort of plans with open hands, saying, this is, this is you. If this is of you, you'll provide. Father, we do all this with other churches alongside, all in this area, not to make any other name great, but the name of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray these things through the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you.